0: Hello and welcome to On Walking the Way. This week we're going to start a new topic. We're going to talk about our citizenship, our dual citizenship, as it were. So this week I'm calling it A New Nation. So the church, throughout its history, had various takes on politics and citizenship. It has, at various times, been deeply political often to its own harm, and at other times it has refused to even discuss politics. This second group represented the attitude of the church I was raised in. Through the years since my childhood, however, I have been involved with many churches in many countries as a missionary, and in my studies I have read about a great many more. What I can say after all this is that politics and the church have a troubled relationship. So, enough said. I resolved early on not to let this substack become just another political rag, so I want to stick with how the Bible describes our relationship here. So how are we to reconcile our citizenship in the kingdom of God with the politics and governmental authority of this world? Peter gives us some of the best advice on this, I think, so for the next few weeks, I think it would be encouraging to look at our dual citizenship, as it were, and how to resolve the inevitable tension between the two. So let's begin with Peter's first letter in chapter 2. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. A people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. So the first thing Peter calls to mind for his readers is that they have a calling and an identity that is above their bare existence on earth as human beings. He also reminds them that they have a citizenship that is above any earthly citizenship. Just look at the labels in this passage. Chosen race, royal priesthood, holy nation, and a people for his own possession. I don't know about you, but when I look in the mirror in the morning, Those are not the first things that spring to mind. You might be saying, well, of course not, me either. But actually, this is not good. Because for a Christian, these labels are the truth. It is my feelings and assumptions that are constantly trying to lie to me. Not only is this our true identity in Christ, we are also chosen with a purpose. We were chosen to proclaim the excellencies of the One who called us out of darkness into His marvelous light. We were nothings and nobodies. Now we are God's people. And we belong to God because He has extended His mercy to us, even while each of us were living entirely for ourselves in utter opposition to God. If this description does not seem to fit you, It is only because you have not yet recognized the darkness in your own heart and the outrageous grace that God is showing us day by day through his mercy. We were all living in rebellion until the grace of God came to us through the death and resurrection of Jesus. He is our king because he has conquered the power of evil. And he has given us everything we need and everything that we have that is good and eternal resides in him. He is the source of our life, and he is quite literally our future. We are a part of his holy nation now, and we are priests in the new temple. With that truth in mind, it becomes clear that some kind of response is required if we are to embrace our citizenship in God's kingdom. So let's read on. This language sounds a bit foreign and dated, even in modern translations, particularly in the West, because, historically, it has been a long time since any of us have personally had to face an actual exile. Exile is something we tend to watch on the news rather than experience. Sojourners is a bit easier for us to grasp, because anyone that has had the blessing of travel knows what it is like to be a foreigner and sometimes even a hated foreigner. My first experience with this was in Brazil over 30 years ago. I was having breakfast in a cafe with my family when someone inserted himself into our conversation and asked if we were Americans. When I said yes, he proceeded to tell me exactly how I thought and why America America was so evil and how all that was manifested in me somehow. I smiled and let him talk. But that was the first time in my life I felt like a true sojourner. I was a stranger in a foreign land. That experience struck stuck with me, and I often thank God for it, because over the years I've learned much from that exchange. It taught me things about travel, And more importantly, it taught me things about my own attitude toward strangers and foreigners. But here Peter tells us we are all exiles, living as foreigners in a land that does not love or understand us. In fact, Jesus tells us in the Gospel of John that the world hates us, and we should not be surprised because it hated him first. So how should we act? as exiles and visitors. Peter gives us two categories of things to think about in this regard. First, we need to deal with our own passions of the flesh. Quote, right? Interestingly, in modern English, passion has actually become a positive word somehow, which is confusing because the Bible consistently considers our passions, or more accurately, our feelings and desires, as things that need to be controlled. In biblical terms, to be led by our physical desires and feelings is the road to destruction. So Peter's first advice is to gain mastery over these feelings and desires, to abstain from them, to set them aside. We must live in freedom from these desires. They must not rule us. If we are to live as we should and represent ourselves as true and free citizens of the kingdom of God to this world, second, we need to live honorably and do good so that we may demonstrate the truth to this world rather than just talk about it. The net result of such actions is that even the unbelievers will have to admit the truth and give glory to God on the, quote, day of visitation. Which takes us to the final point of this passage, what is the Day of Visitation? The Day of Visitation is synonymous with terms like the Day of the Lord. It is what we've been talking about for weeks now. There is a day coming when all created beings will have to give an account to their Creator. It is the final judgment, and on this day everyone will have to admit the truth and give glory to God. Some with joy and some with unending regret. So what does this look like as we go about our lives this week? For many of you in the US, this is an election season. Politics is in the air constantly, but we have a king and a nation that is quite independent of earthly kingdoms and rulers. Does that mean we stand mute? I don't think so. Does that mean we join a faction and fight with all our might? Well, no, that does not seem like the answer either. Jesus is once again our example. He refused to be drawn into the political controversies of his day, but he always did good and spoke the truth fearlessly. To walk in his way means we do good to others and we speak the truth, but honorably. We do what we can to help others to see, both in our words and deeds, that there is a kingdom that is uncorrupted by money and power. It is an eternal kingdom, and we serve an eternal king, one that has laid down his life so that anyone who accepts him as the true king may live forever. This week, let's get caught up with our role as a holy priesthood remembering that a priest is primarily an intermediary, one who advocates to God on behalf of another. Let's not allow ourselves to get caught up in the hysteria of the news peddlers. Let's be a true priesthood and good citizens of both heaven and earth this week and intercede for a lost and dying world while doing good and speaking the truth. Let's help each other stay on the path of Jesus through all the current confusion and have a great week.